Welcome to the Outdoorosity Podcast, where we encourage you to get outside and keep going outside. Here we will share Appalachian State stories that entertain, inspire, and inform listeners about living an active outdoor lifestyle. Each episode features a story with the goal to get you outside and keep you going outside to improve your overall wellness. This podcast is presented by The Hope Lab, where our purpose is to investigate the role of outdoor physical activity, exercise, and play on health, the environment, and human development. Feel free to check us out at hopelab.appstate.edu. Hi, my name is Becky Batista, and I am a professor in exercise science at Appalachian State University and a self-proclaimed physical activity addict. I will be your host for this Outdoorosity podcast. On today's episode, Outdoorosity team members will share their advice about what they like to wear when it gets cold out, types of clothing, and the importance of layering. Let's go to the conversation now. I'm Joy James. I teach in recreation management, working in the Hope Lab. I'm a Southerner, born and raised. So I've lived in the Southern climate. I've lived in North Dakota, Utah. I've had the heat extreme and the cold extreme, and they all provide different challenges to us, but they don't keep you from going outdoors. I'm Becky Batista, and I am a team member in the Hope Lab with the fact that I've lived in cold weather climates like Michigan and Wisconsin. I definitely have had to adjust my layering of clothing items, but we can certainly address any issues associated or or ideas tips, tricks, um, and some good common sense about what to wear when you are being active outside. And I'm Melissa Weddle. I think the one theme that we'll collect today is that there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing choices. Becky, why don't you tell us your favorite outdoor activity and how you kind of plan um, and typically dress for outdoor recreation? Running is probably my favorite outdoor activity. And over the years, I've figured out what works and what temperature. Probably the most important thing that I always make sure I have is gloves. If my fingers are cold, then I'm cold. And sometimes I have to have two layers of gloves, just depending on what the temperature really is outside. So I might have gloves and then added mittens. And I always thought mittens were kind of a weird concept. Like, why would I wear mittens in the wintertime? That's what little kids wear. But mittens actually keep your fingers closer together. And so technically mittens are much better in the really cold climates, like 30 degrees and lower. I'd say like a good weather wind resistant type mitten is really helpful for me when it's really cold. And in this climate, really cold is 20 degrees and lower than that is when I I tend to put mittens on. But I always dress in layers. I kind of, I look at what is the temperature going to be like when I start my run. And now keep in mind, I don't like to be cold at all. And so I probably overdress and over prepare, which that's just kind of how I am. So if it's chilly out, I might just wear one layer, a top and then a jacket and hat and gloves. If it's below 30, I tend to wear maybe two layers, a jacket, hat, and gloves. If any time I get hot, the first thing that I take off is my hat to just cool off a little bit. I think layering is a really important thing. So for me, it's my hands are the most critical part. I don't really have any problems with my feet, probably because I am running. And so the constant movement, they just usually stay warm. But I always think about the temperature and the temperature change and, and how to keep myself as warm as I can. Awesome. Great suggestions, Becky. Tell us one of your funniest outdoor experiences in cold weather. One of those times you'll never forget. So I was actually laughing at myself the other day because when I lived in Michigan, I 
used to go for a run outside, but only if it was 10 degrees or higher than I'd go outside and still go for a run. When I moved to Wisconsin, I had to change that temperature. And so it had to be zero and that didn't include the wind chill factor. So if it was still above zero, I'd still go out for a run, except at the place where I worked it was called La Crosse, Wisconsin. And it was a big exercise school and everybody in Wisconsin goes outside anyway. It doesn't matter the weather. I, I think they all looked at me funny because not only did I have my running tights, probably two layers, like the t-shirt and then another shirt, another jacket. But on top of that, I also was able to get sweatpants and a sweatshirt from the exercise science department. You could get t-shirts, shorts, sweatshirts, and sweatpants from the department. I added those on and then had my hat. I had two pairs of gloves on and I went for a run. I would run by some of the cross country runners and they're in like shorts and a long sleeve shirt. And I have three to four layers of clothing on. And I looked like an idiot, but I was warm and I just did not care. As long as I was comfortable, it didn't matter to me. That's great, Becky. It's great that you could actually run with all those clothes on. <laughs> it was a challenge. Add in the snow and ice and then it gets even more challenging. That's definitely true. Joy, why don't you share with us your favorite outdoor activity and how you prepare? I love uh, most outdoor activities, camping, hiking, and biking. Most recently, I probably do more hiking than anything else been doing that since I was a kid. And I'm going to go on the theme, what Becky kind of said with, I didn't really care. I was warm. And so when I go outdoors and I, I don't really care what I look like, and that has changed up my ability to stay warm or stay cool. If I was looking at dressing for the weather, I, I would echo what Becky has to say with the cap and mittens. I do have really warm socks that I put on because there's nothing like having your feet be cold and your fingers be cold. Another thing that I found useful, particularly when I was in college, um, Poly Pro started coming out. So the technology has really advanced. And now you can even wear athletic wear that is wicking. It doesn't have to be fancy like Patagonia or, or North Face. It can be Walmart or I'm even finding athletic t-shirts that um, I go look in the Walmart or the TJ Maxx in the men's section and find their athletic shirts. And I put those on because I'm a larger woman. And sometimes it's more difficult to find outdoor gear that fits me or that wicks in the same way. So, but surprisingly, I still wear cotton t-shirts when it's hot, but if I know it's going to be a hot, cold or a lot of variation, then I go to wearing technical gear so that I can wick moisture away. Cause you, there's nothing like being sweaty and then getting cold. Other key for me is I like vests. You can warm up your chest really well. They're lightweight. You can put them in your backpack really easily. And paired with a long sleeve shirt, it can go a long way. And the other thing that I really have enjoyed are buffs. You know, you can wear a buff around your neck. You can wear it as a hairband. I wear it a lot as covering my ears. So it's not for like zero degree weather like Becky was talking about, but it was for kind of like this 30 degrees, 40 degrees, and my ears get cold when that's windy. I can just pull the buff down or I can pull the buff up. So I think that's been a, a key piece of wear that's important. And good boots, good solid shoes. And those shoes will keep you warm and dry. So if you're kind of like, you can't afford boots, then what I would tell you is that we got re-gear in town and you can waterproof your boots and just get work boots and go out there, but it'll help your ankles. It'll keep you warm. And when you have to go through creeks, it makes a difference in terms of your ability to stay dry. Absolutely. And I think also you bring up a good point when you pick hikes or different things. If I know it's going to be really cold and there'll be a lot of water crossings, I might pick a different trail that day knowing I can come back to that. But those are really good suggestions. Tell us a story from being cold in the outdoors that's memorable for you. 
well, you know, interesting. It's had to think about it. It's like, what are some memorable stories? And Melissa, you may need to add to the story because I repress things that are bad. You know, I always remember the positive. I don't know what's happening. I'm a Pollyanna or something. But Melissa and I, um, I was working for Clemson. We were both in school at that time. And I was teaching a backpacking class. Uh, we were down near Brevard area. And it was a really kind of an easy trail. But the students at the time didn't know how easy it was because it was still challenging wearing a, a bunch of weight on your. They may not have dressed appropriately. This is even before we had like weather at our palms. So I don't recall even checking the weather. Uh, you know, we didn't know what the weather was going to be like. Um, it was a fall, maybe October, late October, early November. And we're out, we did about a five mile hike and we had all the students camped out. And, and Melissa and I camped in a bluff above the students because we wanted to give students the chance to kind of be together. But we, again, we didn't think about it. And I don't know, Melissa, was it the middle of the night or we just wake up and realize that it snowed on us? I think we woke up in the morning and, and the Saturday hike was nice. Like it was a, it was a beautiful fall day. I remember yeah. being really comfortable. And I do remember waking up and unzipping the tent. We both were like, huh, huh. It was on the tent. Not what we were expecting. Our friend Melissa, she needs her coffee. So this was before coffee. There's snow on the tent. And I don't remember it being particularly cold enough to be snowy. However, it was really a cool experience because our students and the participants with us got to see what it was like to backpack and then be in um, all kinds of conditions of weather. And there was no snow on the ground by the time we walked out. It was just a rare dusting and that was before smartphones and yeah, it was a fun surprise. <laughs> well, and the other thing too, I would add, I think we had good sleeping bags because we were staying pretty warm and there was two in the tent. The other piece of this that Becky alluded to really is about, all about layering. And when I hike, I always have an extra piece of clothing on me so I can put it on or take it off. And then I also like long sleeves because you can wrap those around your waist. And if you didn't get outside, you wouldn't have these experiences. I think that's what was so cool about this to wake up. And, we're, and, I, and I remember I had just moved back from North Dakota, probably I was about two years out of North Dakota. And I was kind of used to that snow. And all of a sudden I'm like, there's snow in the South? <laughs> it's a memory I, I won't forget. Thanks for sharing. For me, um, I grew up in northern Indiana, and so I can remember, you know, weeks on end, it would be so cold. Um, I grew up on a farm, and we'd go out to to feed animals, and we'd have to wear full face masks because the cold would just, like, burn your nose and your your mouth. And so being cold isn't necessarily um, rare to me. I do have a little more of a systematic approach. My favorite outdoor activity is riding bikes, especially if you're on the road versus the mountain. You add that wind. There's a whole nother layer of planning that has to go. And, and unfortunately, I'll share a story where I kind of had to learn the hard way. But I look at the temperature, what the fluctuation might be. When you look at the app and it says it's going to be 55 today, mm, that might not be till about two or three o'clock. And that might only last for 10 minutes. I kind of look at the lowest temperature throughout the day and plan on that. I also look at the precipitation, if it's going to be really windy, if it's going to be rainy. That's really important to me, much like Joy. I carry this extra layer. It's not a rain jacket, but it's like a wind jacket. It is made by Patagonia. I carry it in every bag I have. So even if I just get a little chilly, I throw it on and it's enough to kind of keep that heat in. I also consider my effort level. If I am running like Becky does and I work up that heat, I don't need as much clothing. However, if I'm hiking or it's a little slower or it's a slower ride, I definitely need more clothes. Another thing I consider is the uphill downhill. 
I consider this on the bike, but I also consider it on a hike. If you are in the high country doing outdoor activities, it's guaranteed to have an uphill and a downhill. And so um, for the bike portion, and, and this is where I learned the, the hard way, this was maybe 15 years ago. I did a really long group ride on the road out of Greenville, South Carolina. We rode up to Caesar's Head. It was, you know, like a hundred mile day. And when we turned around at Caesar's Head and came back down, I never got warm. In fact, I would argue I have been on the brink of hypothermia a lot. My fingers turned blue. I literally got back to the car and something that I've learned, um, and it could be for a male or a female, but if your undergarments are wet, you need to get those off immediately. If I have a wet sports bra and I don't take that off, I will shiver and freeze. I can remember being in a public parking lot um, in the car with the heat turned on and the seat warmers stripping down to get all of my wet clothes off because it was starting to reach a dangerous point. And so, for example, I know Becky and I, we have hiked to the top of, of uh, the profile trail at the grandfather when it was, you know, zero degrees. And I brought an extra coat. I will bring an extra undergarment. So I will actually take off my sweaty top once I reach the top, put on a dry top, dry gloves, and then another layer to come back down. Um, and I've learned that biking too. Actually, I was on a backpacking trip a few weekends ago and I brought another pair of socks because I knew my socks would get sweaty and be kind of swampy. It's not good for blisters, but I just sat down and threw on a dry pair of socks. I think those gloves are right, the layering. I don't dress as warm as Becky. In fact, I have another friend I mountain bike with. Whatever I wear, she will wear triple what I wear. I like to be a little more on the cooler side, but what I have learned is if my core gets cold, I'm in trouble. My feet actually get really cold on the bike. And so we do a few different things. You can bring plastic baggies and put your toes in plastic bags. That's an old school cheap way to keep your feet warm. I wouldn't hike that way, but it works for biking. And then you have toe covers that are neoprene. If it's under 50 degrees, you can guarantee I have toe covers on my mountain bike shoes. You know, the takeaways that I'm, I'm hearing from everyone is definitely the layering, checking the weather, making sure that you have a lot of different layers and options. You can always take things off. Like Joyce said, wrap them around your waist, put them in your pack. I think that's something else I've changed to just hiking. Even if I'm just going around Moses Cone, I have a small little pack I carry and I, I carry a small first aid kit in it. I usually hike with my dog. So I carry some Benadryl and some other stuff, but I always have an extra layer or two. And some of my friends make fun of me, but um, it just makes me feel more prepared. This podcast is brought to you by The Hope Lab, where our focus continues to be encouraging people to get active and outside and finding spaces to be outside. The vision of The Hope Lab is to continue developing the perfect foundation for promoting and supporting outdoor physical activity, exercise, and play through interdisciplinary research. Check us out at hopelab.appstate.edu or at outdoorositypodcast.appstate.edu. It's like, I think the biggest thing for me when I was 20 was I didn't have the money to buy the gear. What's so extraordinary, it's hard to imagine, I think when you're 20, is when I did buy a piece of gear that was cost me money, I still have it. <laughs> like some of these shirts we were talking about, even the Walmart shirt, I had that for years and it was $10 compared to $50 back in the 80s. That's the thing to think about as you're looking at getting stuff for yourself is it will last a long time and you can find it at thrift stores. I know uh, Melissa does a lot of thrifting and can find some good quality gear. You just got to look for it. 
you can go to Regear, you can go to Walmart, but it will last. And if you're kind of like, well, I want to spend the money on the Patagonia, I've worn the same Poly Pro shirt while I was sea kayaking for days. And it started to smell like a wet dog when it got wet, but it lasted, it worked. So it's not something you have to have multiple shirts for if you can kind of stand your own stank. That's a great point. I kind of do this at Christmas with my parents. They always want to buy me stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't think I need anything. But if I, I usually have them buy me one really nice piece of gear that I feel guilty about. And you're right. That Patagonia jacket I have, I've had it for 15 years. And it's the same one that's always in my pack. Right. It is worth it. Well, and I think to me, it's a comfort. I trust that piece of clothing in certain temperatures. And so I'll hang on to it because I'm like, I know that I will be warm if I wear that. So I don't get rid of it because it's a comfort. If it's 30 degrees, I'm going to wear this and I'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you go outside enough, you start knowing your temperature range. I know that if I ride below 40 degrees, I have a whole different set of gear that I wear. I know that and I make a note in my head. And I think journaling or writing stuff down of what works and what doesn't work also can really help too. I carry extra gear in my car. You, Melissa, you sort of talk about this. You have gear when you come back to, but I have gear that I can share. I just have this kit of stuff that I can either put on like Melissa is to keep myself dry, or I can share it with someone else who might be having a problem. Or in North Dakota, the reason you did it is because you might get stuck on the highway and you had to have your sleeping bag and all your stuff to be able to stay warm. So even though I'm still in the South, I still kind of live by that motto in the winter. No, I love that joy. And I also think that goes back to not having cell phones. Like I can remember even in Northern Indiana, we had our winter kit that went in the back of the car that had a small shovel and extra clothes and gloves. But I'm much like Joy. I think for all of us, if you were to hop in our car, although I think Becky has a little cleaner car, my mantra is that whatever you ask me to do, that I'm physically fit enough to do it and that I have all the gear, which um, I have a lot of gear in my car all the time because I'm like, sure, let's go hike or let's go do this. Never but, know. Yeah, you, you never know. And I think when you meet friends at the trailhead, we all forget our socks or our gloves or our hats. So it is nice to be like, oh, no, no, I have some extra. Yeah, it is a comfort. One other thing that this is not an article of clothing that I do think is important for people who are just getting started in the outdoors to know is you should always have some sort of good solid food, a granola bar, trail mix, not only on your person, but in your car. Because when you start to get hypothermic, one of the first things you should do is feed yourself, drink water and feed yourself because that kind of helps warm up the inside. It seems counterintuitive, but as a sea kayak guy, this is what we used to do. As soon as someone fall in the water, we would like, here, eat this because it kind of helped them get their energy. And like I said, you're cold and freezing. Why should I be eating? But that's one of the ways to combat the beginnings of hypothermia. That's awesome, Joy. Thanks for sharing. And also, we are going to ride on the Virginia Creeper this week. One of the things that Becky requested, which I love, is that we have hot drinks after. And so I know a lot of us carry our metal canteens. And, you know, in the summer, they keep the drinks really cold. But in the winter, they keep them really warm. So we're going to boil a bunch of hot chocolate and some tea and bring that for after our activity to kind of warm us up. Um, and I think some of that pre-planning with the food and the hot drinks can really make a difference when you get back to the car and in your freezing. Well, this is awesome. Thank you, Joy, Becky, to kind of listen to your planning for cold weather. And so we like to finish every Outdoorosity podcast with getting the dirt. Um, and so we have a few questions um, that will rapid fire. 
Becky, I'll, I'll have you go first. You can tell us what your biggest fear is. Your must-have, let's go ahead and say outdoor uh, winter gear and your favorite local spot. So I think my biggest fear is um, falling off a cliff when I'm running on the trails. <laughs> like, and then my favorite winter outdoor gear. I do love my mittens. They keep my hands warm, which means I can stay out running longer. Favorite local spot? Uh, my favorite local spot. It's Moses Cone Trails, Carriage Trails. It's like my sanctuary. That's awesome, Becky. Thanks for sharing. Joy, what is your biggest fear, favorite winter outdoor gear, and your favorite local spot? You know, it's funny. Nothing is coming up in my head rapid fire for what my biggest fear is. Not that I'm not afraid. I think I'm afraid for whatever the situation is. So it could be something as simple as thinking I'm lost and I can't figure out my way, or it could be the weather that's coming looks pretty ominous and I'm going to have to deal with it. So I kind of, I think my biggest fear is I don't get outside enough. Can I say that as a biggest fear? Yes, I think that works. We understand that. So I think my must-have piece of gear, clothing is the buff, is what I would say, and then a Nalgene bottle. Favorite local spot, I'm going to take Becky's Moses Cone and say Trout Lake and the Carriage Trails, which was part of the Moses Cone system, and Price Lake have been my go-to places to kind of get outside and connect. That's awesome, Joy. Thanks for sharing. Well, it won't be a surprise to anyone that I have one big fear in the outdoors, and that's a mountain lion. Luckily, we don't have to deal with that here, but imagining a cat jumping on my tent and wrestling is not something I am interested in at all. And you know, the experts say to fight back. I just can't imagine that going well. But nonetheless, I don't have to worry about that stuff here, so I'm able to go out and not really think about too much. I would say my favorite outdoor winter gear is a vest. You will be hard pressed to never find me without a vest, whether that's a wind vest or a puffer vest. I almost always have one. Again, that goes back to my idea that if I can keep my core really warm and my arms can air out, I'm really comfortable personally. And my favorite local spot is Wilson Creek. I love going out in our area, our district of the Pisgah National Forest and exploring and having long days and lots of waterfalls every season. I just want to thank you all for your time. It's been great learning more about your outdoor experiences in the cold. And we always like to end with some quotes and inspiration. You know, we can't emphasize enough that there's no bad weather, just bad clothing choices. And to really think about dressing for what the weather is and bring what the weather is not. You know, if you stand in one place and boom, something will grow up your leg or the weather will change. So dress for all of that and prepare for what it's not. And to end a quote, you are only cold if you are standing still. Wherever you go, no matter what the weather, always bring your own sunshine by Anthony D'Angelo. Thanks for joining us and get out there and enjoy the outdoor recreation, even in the cold.